Welcome to another episode of Theological Pipe. News, culture, sports, politics, and everything else from a theological perspective. It's all summed up in love. What should I do? Tell me God is good. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give me peace. Give me peace. Put that in your theological pipe and smoke it. Hey, welcome to another episode of Theological Pipe. Thanks for uh, being here. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe, like, comment buttons down there. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, hit subscribe. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, going to get right into it today. This is something that was, I've kind of been thinking about it in terms of uh, some of the things I've been studying for church and for uh, the message I give on Sunday. We've been talking a lot about postmodernism um, and, and some of their tendencies. It's uh, the postmodern culture that we live in. Uh, And I was watching a video um, of Rabbi Zacharias, and you could look him up. He passed away a few months ago. He's a Christian theologian, apologist, um, and I don't mean he apologizes for Christianity. An apologist is someone who goes out and defends uh, the faith. And he had this video, and I'm going to not do it justice, but I just thought it may be a good way to kind of get into uh, some of the things that we talk about here on Theological Pipe, and the way I normally end the show uh, is to tell everyone to be nice, uh, to be nice to each other. Um, and in one of the videos, um, and again, I have been discussing postmodernism, uh, which which has the belief that, there, that there's no truth, there's no meaning, uh, and nothing's really real, uh, and that's kind of the culture that we live in, or the the age that we live in. There's you know there's been the Enlightenment and empiricism and the age of reason and those kind of things, and right now, uh, a lot of people say that we're in the postmodern. Uh, world and um, Rabbi Zacharias was talking about cultures, and he he said, "You can go Google this. There's other ideas about different cultures." Uh, but he came. He, he said that there are three types of cultures that people live in when it comes to how we deal with each other and our beliefs. Uh, and he said that there was a theonomous culture, a heteronomous, a heteronomous culture, and an autonomous culture, uh, and that's kind of the the, the different. Um, ways that culture uh, acts and how we can interact in those things. And a theonomous culture is is theos uh, based on God. It's a the law of God is so embedded in in the culture that it dictates and drives everything that goes on. Um, and he was doing his talk in terms of someone asked him a question about a controversial topic. Uh, in, in his case, it was about um, homosexuality and homosexual marriage. Um, but you could use any um controversial or or issue that divides whether it be homosexuality or abortion or politics or um, uh, gender or or race or anything that goes on in the world today uh, you could use it and, and he was saying that the way that we respond to each other depends on what type of culture you think we live in uh, and he was kind of basing his talk on tolerance uh, and he said so there's the theonomous culture a, a culture based on the law of God the law of God is so embedded in everything that goes on that it dictates the way that we um, interact with each other. There's a heteronomous culture, uh, and that culture is dictated by a few leaders. There's leaders at the top of the culture, and they dictate to everybody else how they're supposed to live. Um, There's a handful at the top that control everything that goes on. Um, He he indicated that Marxism and Islam and in certain countries and stuff, that's kind of the way that they operate. Um, A lot of countries in the Middle East that are 
are strict Islam, uh, what you can do, when you can do it, how you can do it, what you can wear when you do it, all those things are dictated by a, a few people that are in power. They tell people what to do. And then there's the autonomous culture that, that we all have the ability to kind of come up with our own set of beliefs and standards and how we live. And in, in his case, he was talking to someone who asked him a question and he said, before I answer your question about what you want me to, to ask your question, I want you to answer my question. And he said, what culture do we live in? Do we live in a theonomous culture? Where, where the law of God dictates everything that we do, and, and the person responded, no. Uh, he said, do we live in a heteronomous culture where there's a, an elite group at the top and they tell everybody what to do? He said, the, the person responding said, well, no. And he said, do we live in an autonomous culture where, where you get to decide your beliefs and you get to live those beliefs and I get to decide my beliefs and live those beliefs? And the person answered, yes. And, and I would probably agree that most people would say, yeah, we live in an autonomous culture. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Everyone's entitled to their own belief. And he said, that's fine. But the part that, that caught me by surprise and made me think, and I've been thinking about this for a few days since I watched the video. I watched it t today, but I've watched it before this week. Um, he said, Here's, here's the problem. You just agreed that we live in an autonomous culture. He said, if I answer that question about homosexual marriage, and again, or abortion, or my stance on taxes, or the Second Amendment, or uh, politics, or gender, pick any issue. You just agreed that we live in an autonomous culture, that I can answer my question, your question in any way that I want because we live in an autonomous culture. There's not a group of people up here telling people how to live. Uh, we're not living in a, the a theonomous culture where the law of God is so ingrained in everything that we do that we just go off of that. Uh, and the United States is that we're not living that kind of culture. So if I give you the answer, you just agreed we live in an autonomous culture. If I give you that answer that you're looking for, and it's the wrong answer, all of a sudden, the person that receives that answer that they don't like, they're going to switch from an autonomous culture to a heteronomous culture. And they're going to punish you for not thinking the way other people think. Uh, I always equate it to the Borg. I don't know if you guys watch Star Trek. Um, but it, it, we always like to say that everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Everyone can, can have the, their own thoughts and their own opinions. But the second that those opinions crash up against someone's opinion, and I'm not talking about evil, disgusting, um, you know, opinions that would be universally abhorred by everybody. You know, kicking puppies is wrong. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that opinion. I'm talking about, again, a conservative and liberal opinion, um, a progressive, a, uh, you know, a moderate opinion, an independent or a Democrat or a Republican, you know, pick any, any issue, uh, you know, pro-life or pro-abortion or pro-this or, or anti-that, whatever you want to call it. The second that your answer, the answer that someone gives, if it doesn't line up with yours, we then today, unfortunately, move into from an autonomous culture to a heteronomous culture. I don't like what you said, and I'm going to attack you for it. And, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to tweet about it. And I'm going to call you out to your employer. I mean, we have that kind of stuff happening on Twitter. It's, it's part of the cancel culture. We live in an autonomous culture, but not really. It's, it's a culture that there's a group of people that think that they should be able to dictate how you believe. Um, if you don't, if you don't bow down to the, to the prevailing woke 
ideology that's being pr- pushed by Twitter a lot, uh, they're going to call you out on it. And, and it's wrong both ways. And now uh, the, it was the left that was doing the cancel culture. If you weren't leftist, if you didn't believe um, in, in everything that they believed in, in exactly the way that they said to believe it, they would look to cancel you. You're canceled. We're going we're gonna to tell your employer. We're going we're gonna to shame you. We're going to make it hard for your family. We're going to attack you mer- unmercifully. And you're going to apologize and it's not going to be enough because uh, the next thing you know, we're going to have you bow down or kneel down and, and apologize. And even that's not going to be enough. Uh, but the problem is now people on the right are doing it to people on the left to kind of show them, teach them a lesson. Well, you did it to us. Now we're going to do it to you and we're going to can't. And here's the thing. If you go down that road, nobody's left standing. Everyone is is gone because everyone is moves. The second someone says something they disagree with, they move from that autonomous culture that they agree we live with. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Everyone can have their own thoughts to a heteronomous culture where there's a, a group of people who are going to dictate how people live. And and I just think that we really need to be careful when we go down that road because it, it seems like well yeah we want people to think like we think and 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 I I even think that we we don't think about the consequences of where those things can go. There's, a, there's another theory um, that is being taught on college campuses called critical race theory. I've mentioned this before, I think, uh, a few episodes ago. Uh, but the critical race theory is basically saying that all white people are guilty. Right? If you're white, you're guilty of racism. You're guilty of what your ancestors did, and maybe not even your ancestors. You may not have been in this country. You may have come from Spain or from, from, from Greece or from, from Italy and, or Ireland or, or whatever, and they say, well, you're white, and they, I don't even know what white is. Um, it, it, it's just a, a, a term they use, and you say, you're collectively guilty. And you have to atone for your sins, even though they're not your sins, even though you didn't own slaves, and that was a few hundred years ago, you have to atone for your whiteness. Uh, and, and I think that's such a dangerous thing. It's, it, it's a horrible thing to teach because it's just wrong. And, and it's, it, it, the, the reason I think it's wrong is we don't think about it. It sounds really cool. Like, yeah, you know, um, there was a group of people uh, who were brutalized and, and, and horrible existence. Slavery was, is, is evil. It's evil. We're all made in God's image. We, he, he made man and women in his image. It doesn't mention that there's different race. Every single person is made in his image. And there's not one group that is collectively better or worse than the other. And if you really want to play the, the race theory, uh, the only theory that I can think of that, that makes sense from a theological perspective, from a Christian theological perspective, is everyone's guilty everyone's guilty of sin and in need of a savior. That's it. Um, so yes, there's some bad white people. There's some bad black people. There's some bad Indian people. There's some bad Hispanic people. There's some bad Asian people. And there's some good ones too. And, and to assign collective guilt to a group of people, the end result of that is never good. And if you want an example of a critical race type theory that ended in disaster, that ended in tragedy, that ended in utmost, in one of the most evil things that's ever happened, look at the Holocaust. Look at what Hitler and Germany did to the Jewish people. They assigned a collective guilt to a group of people and then led them to the ovens to gas them and kill them and, and experiment on them and do horrible things. And so we really need to be careful when we, when we teach these things or go down these paths because the, where they end up is oftentimes not a good place. So critical race theory is not something you should ascribe to. I'm not saying don't study it. I'm not saying don't look at it. But then really think about what you're saying when you say all white people are guilty. 
And here's the funny part. A lot of people that are saying that are white, right? It's like, wait, what are you saying? It's, it, that's, that's the same as saying all black people are inferior. That's what racism was back in the day. And we, we've come so far in this country. And I'm not one of these people that believes that this country is a, is a horrible place or a bad place. It's the, the greatest country in the world. We have flaws, yes, but when you have flaws, you don't dismantle the entire system and try to build it up from the beginning. You fix what's wrong, right? And there's some things that need to be fixed. Let's fix them. But let's not assign collective guilt to a group of people and let's not cancel things because that cancel culture, that, that woke culture, that autonomous culture that automatically switches to a heteronymous culture and says we're the, we're the woke people, we're the Antifa people, we're the Black Lives Matter people and not the people that have the good intentions of nobody likes fascists. Of course Black Lives Matter. But the movements and the people and the things that they're doing that you see happening in Portland, that you see happening in Seattle, that you see happening in different parts of the country uh, is not good. It's not constructive. And it go it leads to, to total destruction of everything. Uh, you know, people even said, hey, you're going to take down that statue. And I have no problem with a city or a town voting to take down a statue that they don't like. Knock yourself out. But when people start tearing them down, it's, it's not, a, not a huge leap for them to start tearing down other statues that most people would say, what are you tearing that t- statue down for? Right? George Washington needs to go. Abraham Lincoln needs to go. Martin Luther King, he's not woke enough. He needs to go. Um, uh, JFK, he's not progressive enough. He needs to go. I mean, the people that were tearing down statues even teared down statues of people who were uh, fighting f- against slavery. They, they, they defaced statues of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Nothing, nobody's safe in the cancel culture. Nobody's safe, safe in the culture where we move from an autonomous culture to a heteronomous culture. And that's what we do. The second someone disagrees with us, all of us move from that, yeah, you're entitled to your own opinions until you don't line up with me, and then I want to dictate to you what you can do. And it's, it's really a dangerous place to be because it leads to a lot of bad things. And I know that because I can read. I'm a, uh, you know, I like reading history. Uh, and we need to be really careful. Uh, and I say that to be careful because if we would go back to the simple advice I have at the end of every podcast, just be nice. If you're nice to people, then, then you're good. If you respect people, you're good. If you value life, if you believe that life is precious and life is a gift and we are gifted from God with life to live on this earth for a short time and you see the value in other people, you know that every single person you meet was created in the image of God. He made the male and female. Go read Genesis. It says, Genesis, it says that, that God created man and female in his image. We are all made in God's image. And if you could see people like that, you would see, who cares if they have a different political opinion? Who cares if they have a different uh, opinion on some th- theological concept or scientific concept or, or, or some issue that's, who cares? Love that person. Be nice to that person. They'll be nice to you. And, and you can, it's those little things. I talked about that yesterday. It's the little things that make a difference in life. And if we can really get to the point where we really pay attention to what's going on and we don't get our news from just one source, if you get your news from one source, you would think that the people in Seattle were totally peaceful and totally wonderful and they're just fighting for, for the rights of everybody. But if you got your news from another source, you would think everybody in Seattle and Portland are evil, horrible people that are burning everything and trashing everything and raping people and killing people. Guess what? Both are right. 
There are some people that are legitimately protesting and wanting to make change in their community. And you know what? Let's have a conversation with them. But there are people that are burning and killing and raping and doing horrible, horrible things. And the news doesn't cover it. We, we still, you remember in Atlanta, they set up that zone by that Wendy's. Some, uh, I think it was a five-year-old kid was shot because the mother was just trying to drive home and the people that were there protesting and they're not protesters once they break the law, they're rioters. They shot into the car and killed the kid. When's, how come we haven't heard that story? There's a story uh, the other day, some five-year-old kid was riding, or four or five-year-old kid was riding his bicycle and he was shot. And, and we're not hearing that story because it doesn't fit the narrative. Get the stories from both ends. Realize that there's good and bad. The news is always going to have an agenda to paint it the way they want to see it. But at the end of the day, as believers, as Christians, let's be, be nice and recognize that even the people that we disagree with, and this is the hard part about being a Christian, the people that we disagree with, the Bible tells us we're to pray for them. We're supposed to love them like our neighbor. The Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, who's your neighbor? In one of his parables, he said, who's your neighbor? Everybody. Everybody. People you disagree with, people you agree with, people that you think are doing horrible things. So while, yes, you want to go for your side, whether it's the Republicans or Democrats, you're going to be on your side in rooting. But as a Christian or as, as a believer, as someone who believes in a higher power, guess what you need to do? You need to love the person that, that disagrees with you. You need to love the person that's doing the things that you find abhorrent. And, and if we could do that, if we can start loving people and understanding people and realizing that a lot of people that do things do them for a reason. You know, people that are out there, you know, breaking the law, people that are out there that are shouting and, and, and seem to have no life and no direction, they're hurting inside. They need something. Maybe they need you to love them. Maybe they need you to talk to them. Maybe, maybe you're hurting and someone needs to talk to you, and, and you do that by being nice. So if we could be nice, again, we can move from that culture that says, hey, if you're a part of group A or B or C, you're guilty and you're a horrible person and you need to get on your knees and, and bow down. That's not something that needs to happen. Um, we need to move past the autonomous culture that switches to heteronomous culture that says, if you don't agree with me, we're going to cancel you and you need to be a part of the Borg and assimilate or we're going to destroy you. And you can go look up Star Trek, ref or, yeah, Star Trek references if you want to. Um, but just, I just, again, that's just been on my mind. If you go again, uh, Google or YouTube Rabbi Zacharias, he, he explains it a lot better. Um, but again, that autonomous culture where people are allowed to have their own opinions, I think we need to respect that. Um, again, uh, even it, the hard, the hard part for us is to say, even if someone has horrible opinions, be nice, kill them with kindness kill them with kindness. Uh, now, if they're evil, that's different. And that's a, that's a problem we have in today's culture too. We start to label people who just have different opinions as evil. And, and we see that a lot in politics, which is why politics just drives me up the wall, right? You have, uh, let, let's take, you have a Democrat who, who thinks that we should uh, tax the rich more to give it to the poor because the poor are hurting. And, and guess what? That the poor are hurting and we need to give them money. And they have the idea of taxing the rich. And let's pretend that's their opinion. And there's another person that has the opinion like, no, the rich already pay enough taxes. I don't think we need to, to raise taxes. We need to lower taxes. So what, do e what does each side do? They demonize the other side and say that they're evil. So the left-wing pe left people are going to look at the people who say that we need to lower taxes and say, well, you want to kill grandma and you want to kill the little kids and not feed them lunch and you want to destroy America and you're just worried about the rich people, and you're evil. And therefore, since you're evil, I don't have to listen to you. 
And so we make normal ideas and we demonize them. And the right does it to the left as well. Oh, well, you just want to be a communist. Well, you want to go down that road. Don't you know communism killed hundreds of millions of people because they didn't agree with that heteronomous culture? And so that's where you want to go. And so you're evil. And now because you're evil and you're evil, we can't even talk to each other. And we need to get past that. We need to stop. And so if you have a right wing uh, or a conservative view on something, you're probably a decent person. And if you have a left wing or a progressive um, idea on something, you're probably a decent person. So let's talk as decent people and fix some things. And again, just do it by being nice. Uh, so that's kind of what I wanted to, 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 to do today is just kind of do that um, autonomous, heteronomous, theonomous cultures, the ones that we live in and, and, and realize that too often, and I'm guilty of it, I believe in autonomy until you say something I don't agree with. And then I move to, ooh, I wish that I can be in control and go to that heteronomous. And that's a dangerous place because that leads to us assigning collective guilt. And that's... So we're going to splice that together. I had a little issue with the phone there. So again, we need to be careful of moving to that heteronomous culture um, because that leads to assigning collective guilt, which leads to all kinds of problems. And and you could just read history to see that. Uh, So I guess, you know, put that in your theological pipe and smoke it. Um, You know, we need to respect each other. Uh, We need to love each other. We need to love and be nice to each other. Uh, Again, still kind of excited. It still looks like the Big 12. Um... SEC, ACC still looks like they're going to be playing college football. I mentioned that yesterday. Uh, We'll probably talk a little bit more about that as we go forward. Um, But again, just for today, I just wanted to do that. Um, The different type of cultures we live in and the way that we treat each other, uh, we really need to start looking at people as... Uh, being made in the image of God, every single one of us. Um, and again, as from a Christian perspective, every single one of us shares one thing in common, that we're all guilty of sin and in need of a Savior. Um, other than that, to assign collective guilt to one group over another, uh, again, is dangerous um, historically, um, and it's dangerous now because um, it's it just doesn't lead to good things. Uh, we need to overcome with kindness, with love, uh, you know, Martin Luther King said, man, hate is too big of a burden to bear. I'm going to love people. Uh, and we need to move to that. We need to move to love. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll end on a quick story. Um, this is not really related to the cultures, uh, but it's just kind of the mentality that a lot of people have when it comes to politics and what they look to for um, for their salvation, for their answers. Um, you know, as a Christian, uh, the Bible tells Christians that they are to pray for their leaders, right? And that's, that's not even debatable. The Bible says that you pray for those that are in leadership. And so as a Christian, my job is to pray for the president of the United States of America. Um, and, and the prayer that I have really needs to not be dictated upon whether or not I like the person in office. So if I'm a Republican, and there's a Republican in the office, my prayers might be like, oh yeah, Republicans, let's pass this and let's protect the Second Amendment and let's let's get the economy rolling and let's really do these great things and build that wall because Trump's in the office. Yeah, do that. That's going to be great, God. Build that wall high. And then if a Democrat comes in the office, uh, my prayers 
as as a Republican, shouldn't be, Lord, let them, you know, let them lose every battle and let them lose the Senate because we don't want their the, the, we don't want their agenda to be passed. We don't want uh, them to change the laws, and we don't want the Supreme Court to be become a you know a place where they can change laws and yada yada. The prayer should always be for the leaders of the country to have strength, to have wisdom, to be led by God, to to have the strength. I can't even fathom the amount of pressure that must be on the president's shoulder. I mean, they are the leaders of the free world, right? Anything they say can change things for good or better all the time. The the pressure, the amount of stress that it must take. You look at any picture of the presidents that the first day they were in office to the last day, and it looks like they aged 20 years. When it's sometimes it's four or eight years, it just it really pays a toll on them. So pray for them to have strength. Pray for them to be protected, regardless of who they are, regardless of what party they're from. Now, be political. Take your stance. Stand up for your stances, and regardless of what they are, don't be ashamed of them. But when it comes to praying as a believer, as as someone who believes in a God, and the God tells you to pray for the leaders, you pray for them, And, and don't pray that they do what you want. Don't pray that they do what your party wants. Pray that they do what God wants them to do, that God would be glorified, that God's plans would be there. Uh, so there's a funny story. I was at a church. I'm not going to mention the church. This was a while ago. Uh, it was when um, George Bush was president uh, and then Barack Obama was elected. So in this church, we had a prayer room, um, and it was just a room where you could go write prayers on the wall and sit down and pray with some music, and, and they had books. You can write prayers in the books and stuff like that. So people would go in there and pray and write their prayer requests on the wall, and then people would go in and see their prayer requests, and you'd pray for them. And, um, you know, contrary to popular opinion these days, prayer works. Um, so in that room, um, in that prayer room, uh, there was a picture of the president, George W. Bush, and he was there, and, and he was the president. And so the idea that the verse underneath was the one that says, pray for your leaders, pray for those in charge. So you go in there, you look at the president, you see the verse, like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to pray for the president. Let me pray for the president. And so uh, you prayed for him, and I prayed for him. I prayed for Bush, I prayed for Clinton, um, and prayed for Obama, prayed for Trump. Pray for whoever gets elected next, whether it's Trump or Biden. Um, but on this, in this, in this church, I live in Oklahoma. It's I was going to say it's fairly conservative. It's quite conservative, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it is what it is. Um, and, and even for as conservative as it is, it's a it's a great state to live. It's a great place to raise families, and people are nice and all that kind of stuff. So in this church, again, they have a picture of George W. Bush. Um, he's there for eight years, um, and then the election's over and Barack Obama's the president. And people in Oklahoma didn't care for Barack Obama, which is their right. That's fine. Uh, I, I don't think the majority of them didn't care for him because he was black. They just didn't care for him because of his policies and the way he did things. Um, and, and he did just as many horrible things as Donald Trump is doing. And he's just better at doing it, I guess, uh, in my opinion. But the election was over and I went into the prayer room and there was still a picture of George W. Bush. I'm not the one changing the picture. I didn't put the picture of George W. up there. Not a big deal. I go in a couple weeks later, there's still a picture of George W. Bush. He's not the president anymore. So I, um, being somewhat rebellious, I guess, I went and uh, went to the computer and printed out a picture of Barack Obama, who was the president. I picked you know, the, the presidential picture. I printed it out, and I put it on the frame uh, over George W. Bush because Barack Obama is the president and the Bible says we're to pray for the president. 
uh, went into the prayer room the next day and Barack Obama was gone <laughs> and George W. Bush was back. And I was like, he's not the president. So I did what any self-respecting Christian who loves everybody. I mean, I still have work that needs to be done. I went and printed another picture of Barack Obama and put it on the picture of George W. Bush. I think that happened three or four times. I'd, I'd, I'd print the picture out. I'd put it on the uh, frame. And the next time I went into the prayer room, it was gone. Now, I'm sure it was the same person who, who did it. Uh, but again, I, was, I, I don't want to say I was trying to prove a point because I didn't, say, I didn't put a note that says we're supposed to pray for Obama too. Uh, I get the idea. But it was at that point, like politics just drives me nuts. Um, and so, you know, pray for the presidents, pray for people, be nice to people, that kind of stuff. So again, just put that in your theological pipe and smoke it. Think about the way that you treat each other. Think about the way that you treat people you disagree with, because uh, if we could just be nice to each other, uh, man, things could be so much better. Uh, so again, I'm going to apologize. There was I was on the phone, recording on a phone, and then a call came and it shut the video off and I'm trying to, so it's going to be a splice there in the middle, um, but hopefully it won't be that big of a deal when I splice it together. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, thanks for being here, and um, it, we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley.